Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and uh, this week, very excited, we have Mayan Lopez, who is uh, on this great series called Lopez versus Lopez with her father, George Lopez, who I actually uh, interviewed at the 92nd Street Y years ago when his, um, not that long ago, I sound like, you know, years ago, uh, when his book came out. Um, so I, and I know him, I know Mayan's mother, who's a doll, and it's a really great, interesting interview. You know, the only child of this huge star and her mother's pretty awesome too so I think you'll find it very enjoyable and interesting because God only knows you know you think people who grow up in Hollywood or you know with with these successful parents are spoiled brats and uh, not all of them are (laughs) anyway what a week it's been what a week I did a reading of my new show based on my book which is coming out in March I'll give you more info on that when I'm allowed to it went really well and I'm excited about it so that's that Um, I have gigs oh my god this week let me just tell you about my gigs this week so tomorrow night which is the 14th of uh, December I'll be at the Chosen Comedy Festival in Miami, Florida but I'm doing the Boca Black Box in Boca Raton, Florida on Thursday the 15th of December the 25th of December which as you know is Christmas Uh, I'm doing a very Judy Christmas it's Christmas at Stand Up New York and then in January Uh, The 21st, I'm at the Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And the 26th through the 8th of January, I'm at the Comedy Loft 
in Washington, D.C. Okay? And then we go into February. Do you really want to hear about my February? No. But February 4th, I will be at the Avenel Performing Arts Center in Avenel, New Jersey, which is right by where I grew up. Not happily. Anyway, so those are my upcoming dates. I just wanted to um, put them out there. Yeah, it's been some week. I've been writing a lot. And I have been getting really angry about the anti-Semitism and the racism and the the people's will to um, the people's, the, you know, the white supremacists who love when Jews and blacks fight and we need to not fight. We are together. We're better together and we support each other and we love each other. And the world would be so boring without the Jews and the blacks. I hate to tell you. Okay. Also, Oh, I wanted to tell you something else. And of course I can't fucking remember it because I can't remember anything anymore. Like the words come in my head and I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell everyone blank. And then it just disappears. And I'm really, really, really getting sick of it. Like really, really getting sick of it. Anyway, today I am going to Washington, D.C. Today, the day that my podcast comes out. And I was, this is such a nice story. I was invited to the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act because my nephew works in the Department of the Interior and he was invited to the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act bill, bill, act, whatever. And instead of going with his wife, he said, I think it would be more meaningful for you to go. How nice is my nephew? Okay, so... Today, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Tuesday when it comes out, I am at the White House. Okay? I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Gearing up for the holidays and, you know, getting depressed in January. So that should be a lot of fun. But um, anyway, this week is part one of my interview with Mayan Lopez and... I don't usually interview really young people because I feel like, you know, the life experience isn't there. But what a life she's had already. She is such an old soul. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you uh, sit back. I hope you relax. And uh, whatever you're doing, if you're on the treadmill, if you're on the elliptical, if you're on the stair climber, if you're doing weights, if you're just laying around, I hope I hope you enjoy part one of my interview with Mayan Lopez. First of all, I want to begin this uh, part one. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but I have a kill me now moment. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to ask you what pisses you off more than anything in the entire world, because the name of the podcast is kill me now. Cause I get so fucking aggravated about every little thing. We're recording this at one o'clock in the afternoon at 12. I don't know, like 20. I'm on the Peloton. Okay. I'm in the middle of a Broadway ride. Okay. Okay. Which I'm so, you know, you, you know, those musicals and how they, Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, and I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. This is what I needed to hear. Dear Evan Hansen. And I needed to hear rent. And I, you know, like, yes, this is how I'm going to start my day. Like uh. Yes. Yeah, sometimes the only way to perform is through song and they get it. They get right. it. They understand. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And the fucking internet goes out. No. Right, like, in the middle where the music was getting really good and I was going at a, yeah, and the fucking internet goes out. And I walk in the bedroom where the thing is, and there's no lights on it. And I'm like, I can't, I honestly, and of course, I blame God. Like, I think there's this other thing going on that's a black cloud against me. Like, you know what, I'm bored, let's get Judy today, you know? Um, So that's what happened. And today we have... I'm so excited. I don't usually interview young people um, because they have no life uh, yet, but you have a very full life. And I know both of your parents, mm-hmm. your mother is like a bottle of joy. <laughs> Isn't she? Oh, she-, she is. It's now every time she walks into a room, she'll just go, honey. What? Uh, yeah. She loves to sing. Yeah. And it's supposed to be bundle of joy, but she's like a bottle because I don't. Yeah. But you have such an I mean, you're 26. You're the same age as my son, my older son. And your life 
really fascinating. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I was going back. I do a lot of research and, you know, I know your father. I interviewed him at the 92nd Street Y when his book came out. Uh, we had a really great time and it was right when the sh- bad shit was happening. And, you know, we were all really mad at him because and we're going to get to that later. Mm-hmm. But let's just preface that there's a really incredible story that happens Wait, how old were you? Let me look. I have it all down when in uh, 2005, in 2005, a really incredible. And then in 2010. So Mm -hmm. I was look, you know, I was doing research and your parents. So your your father's George Lopez, your your mom's Anne Serrano, who actor, singer, producer, just all around bundle of joy, as I said. Mm -hmm. But I said bottle of joy, bottle of joy. Let's get on the record. Yeah, because of my fucking Internet. And your mother's parents were both doctors. Yes. Mom was an anesthesiologist and the Mm -hmm. father was a a doctor. And they they're from Hartford. Well, they she was born in Hartford, right? Yeah. So she they were born in Hartford. They're both from Havana, Cuba. They had known each other since they were eight years old. And then they went into my grandmother went into medical school. This is how smart my grandfather was. My grandfather wanted to be an engineer. But then she was one of the only two people in medical school, one of the two only two women, and he got jealous. And so he went to be a doctor. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just become a doctor. See, the misogyny doesn't end. It doesn't end, you know. Yeah. And so they were medical students. And then in 1959, that's when Castro came over Cuba. And my aunt was about three years old at the time. And she started singing communist songs, coming home and singing communist songs. And my grandparents looked at each other and were like, we have to get out of here. Right. They didn't know Castro was a communist, right. um, but they kind of caught on early. And so they wrote 300 handwritten letters to any hospital in the United States that would accept both of them. And the first one was a little Cook County hospital in Cook County, Connecticut in Hartford. And so my grandparents got my, my aunt, my, her mother, like two suitcases with $200. They went to the Swiss embassy and then they got their green card and were able to fly out. And um, my grandmother was an anesthesiologist and my grandfather was an obstetrician, gynecologist, but then he went into aviational medicine and was the doctor for the astronauts during the Apollo no. missions. No way. Yeah, so he, so he was Neil Armstrong's doctor. And no fucking went, way. And, yeah. My mom went to freedom point elementary and saw the rockets. And then he became the medical director of Eastern airlines, That is an airline that doesn't exist anymore. So it's a pretty, I know. I remember Eastern Airlines. Mm-hmm. Wait, so so do you have pictures of your grandfather with Neil and all I these do. astronauts? They, I, I, have and- a, I have a picture of them on, they were on a dude ranch in Montana. And no way. They, and there's a picture. And then we have a picture of, um, we have all, we have an Apollo patch that they gave everyone at NASA. So I think it was on right. Apollo 11. And they have a picture of the moon, one of the pictures from the moon from the 60s. And they have it signed to him. Yeah. It's really, really incredible. That's so fucking cool. And then they then they moved to Ohio and then Florida mm-hmm. and then Florida. Um, and then your grandfather died in a car accident in 87, yeah, right? 53. Just fucking awful. Just so awful. And then it's interesting because then on your father's side, uh, he's the son of a migrant worker who yes. um, who abandoned him, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when he was, he was two, two months, months old. old. Is he related to Fidel Castro? <laughs> I could know. I was like, I wish, I, you know, like, it's so funny with celebrities. Like, I've always wanted to do a 23andMe test. Yeah. But I think that with my dad's crazy side of the family, he, you know, I think he'd have to go under a different name because he wouldn't want people I read, to I was to doing research. Him. Who was it that I read that was, because I was going in this deep hole of your, your family and I was mm-hmm. like, and one of someone, I don't know, I read someone was like relate via marriage to Fidel Castro. It's it's so, you know, just that story of the, you know, migrant worker, ed- educated, you know, having to leave this horrible place and come to America. And, you know, you you just look you can look at your grandparents, you can look at your parents and what they have given to society as a whole and how much we love them. They're beloved. They've, you know, and these motherfuckers, like it must make you so angry. It really does. Cause also my grandfather on my mother's side, she, he actually cheated on my grandmother as well. 
And so there's kind of a general. Oh, it's so, I know. I'm telling you. It's just, and, you know, he was in the car with his girlfriend at the time, my grandfather, when he passed away, and he didn't take his heart medication. He was supposed to have a heart surgery, but he didn't want to be away from his patients. And so he fell asleep at the wheel, and she was there. And my grandmother and him were talking about getting back back together because, you know, they left the country together. They've known each other since they were children. And then, you know, she gets a knock on the door that he's gone. And so it's... Did the girlfriend survive? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Your and then she grandmother. Worked, and then she worked in the office. And, you know, that's another thing with that, with my mother, like how much sacrifice and, you know, hard work. It's I've like a the, mirror. They're both, of my, they're both of my parents. I've really, truly seen the value of hard work from behind the scenes. Because, you know, my mom always says it's show business. And not a lot right. of people understand the business side. And right. I've got the unique opportunity to see the business side of, you know, my mom always tells me stories of when my dad was coming up and stand up. She was like, you are always going to wear a suit every day. When you go up, you're going to wear a suit. And then when the second you're done with your set, even if we just go home, order pizza, we're going to leave because we want people to see that you are going to go do something else. It was all about appearance. She's so and right. Perception. And even there was a, I love this story. So my mom, my dad had, but when I, People always think that I came home with a silver spoon in my mouth. Oh, I know, I know. And, you know, it's with the hard work. I've always had to work hard to, you know, always wanting to be the best comedian that I could be, but also to not turn out like everyone expects me to. Right. There's And so, you know, my my parents brought me home from a, to a condo on Barham. And that's so wild that with the show Lopez versus Lopez, we had a, a billboard on Barham and that's where my parents brought me mm. home from the hospital. So it's already like a beautiful It's so moment. interesting how it all weaves together. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. All right. So you went to, wait, what is Campbell Hall School. I did. And wait, I have to say something. When oh, I was God. at Rutgers, oh, I lived really? in Campbell Hall. I, 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 applied to, I applied to Rutgers. For you did? Years. Yeah. And you didn't want to go? I, I got in, but I didn't want to go because I went to Columbia, Columbia College, College Chicago. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the second city, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and so funny. 
Yeah, Campbell Hall. And I just was talking about Campbell Hall last night because I met someone who went to Rutgers. I'm like, oh, I lived in Campbell Hall. And she's like, so did I. And then I'm doing research when I get home. And I'm like, oh, she went to she lived. All right. So shout out to Campbell Hall. Um, Hall. You grew up on the set of the George Lopez show. But Mm -hmm. before that show even happened, you wanted to be an entertainer at five. And you said and I read that your mom would show you old movies As a young child. So when your father, you know, I'm so interested in this because I was a comic on the road and I have kids. So when your father would leave, do you remember that? Do you remember him going (laughs) away? That's what that's some of the only things from my childhood that I can remember. You (laughs) can't. A lot of it. It's it's trauma is a very interesting thing because I've had a wonderful childhood, but then there are other things that happen that right, my right. brain just protects itself. And so, but I, I think remember, we all do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember like when sometimes I would, my dad used to take me to school every morning. That was kind of what oh, he would shit. do. Yeah. So what he would do sometimes is he would drop me off and he's like, okay, mine, I'm not going to see you for three weeks. Bye. And as I'm oh, driving no. off and I'm like, what you, and so you I, didn't know before. I understood. I didn't actually see him do stand up for the first right. time until I was 21 years old. I didn't see him till I was 21. That's really great. Um, so, you know, people would come up to me and say, these jokes are funny. I'd be like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking right, about. Right, right, right. Um, but that sounded great that you didn't. And I used yeah, to go on stage you, with him. There was one time that I went in San Antonio when I was like, and he was playing for like 35, 40,000 people. And I, my mom took me out that day and I got a little um, lasso loop that if you just turned it, went in a circle. And I had a little yeah, cowboy yeah. girl, a cowgirl outfit. And my dad brought me out and all I remember is just a wall of sound and seeing people and flashing. And right. I just did my, I just did my little like loop and I cursed and, and, so, you know, and, and there's, and there's great pictures of me. Um, when my dad used to go and perform at the ice house and he would pick, bring me up on stage or, you know, when we go to Vegas and, you know, my mom would take me out when he had dates in Vegas. So like, I remember like seeing him on stage, but I didn't understand what right. stand up was. I, I was, um, you know, you know, when they were two and a half and five and two and a half and seven and a half, you know, uh, I was single at that, t- at that point. And when I would go out to do sets, like I try to go in the neighborhood and sometimes I had to bring them and Ben used to, Ben, that's my Jew bell, anything Jewish. I, um, so Ben, uh, Still can do this. You give him any word and he can say it backwards. And so one night he's standing in the bar and I was like, Ben, come up. And um, so they're all yelling words like television and whatever. And then, you know, it's the Upper West Side of New York, which is so Jewy and annoying, like these erudite. And all of a sudden someone yells out, Schadenfreude. And I'm like, you fucking at the kids eight years old. And you're fucking yelling like, like, like I wanted to. Fu- anyway, so that's my story of the one time I brought my kid on stage. Um, but you, all right. So you, you yeah, know, but you understand, and you know, oh you go yeah, and, and you understand. You know, you get sad because you, but you realize that that's why you're able to have the things that you have, and that's right. You know, they're going. But you weren't, you weren't financially secure when you were first born. Uh, like for your no. first few years, so you. You had these working parents. Yeah, my mom was a um, casting director and my yep. dad and producer. And she would produce a lot of, you know, Bob Hope specials for ABC or, you know, pop up things like that. And right. th- there's times that my dad had to stay in the car because he was so embarrassed that they had to pay their bills or their mortgage late. And my mom would have to be the one going into the bank. Right. That stays then, with you. you know, and, then he was, yeah. and then he was on the radio. And, and then I like... Cause I kind of, so I feel like I've kind of grown with the last almost 30 years of his career because I remember right. seeing everything was so new. You're and, like a product, you know, uh, you know, you look at, at you and that's how mature his career is really, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, your mother met, your mother was a casting director, I know. Mm-hmm. And he met, she met George in a comedy club and mm-hmm. she, she was the one who went up to him and so she was trying to cast him. Right. And sort of started his career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into more of what she did for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he still gets 30% if that says anything. Uh, 
good. Um, yeah. I think it should be more. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you, he got the show. And, and so what happened was Sandra Bullock, which who the fuck? Like that is when such a find, random. When people find yeah. that out, it's crazy because really Sandra, she wanted to make a sitcom about a Latin family back then in, you know, 2000, what, like she was already right. so ahead. And, and so she was trying to look for a father figure. And so she went and saw my dad at the ice house and then right. she just saw his stand up, and she just nixed everything. We're like, you, you are the show you have this right. right your life. And so it's his life. Cause my dad really did work at an airplane parts factory and he became the, so it was his life if he didn't become a stand up. Right. And so which it's is, very, yeah. I mean, that's what the, I think the beauty of stand up is mm-hmm. you, you, it's such a personal art form and you really do know you get, I mean, I'm sure after you do a show, I do this like people, I re- or I've said this before on the, on the show, but I don't know if you feel like this, but you know, and your mother's right after the show, get the fuck out of there. And I've, I used to, I was, I remember as a little girl, I, I heard that Barbara Streisand, um, would ne- like, didn't want to see the audience after the show. And I was like, Oh, that's terrible. And you know, then you become a performer and you're like, Oh, I totally get it. You know, mm-hmm. you've just given your whole, fu- and then you have to be one-on-one with these people. But I love your mother for telling you to, to dress properly because it's so funny. You know, I remember at catch rising star, which was this club on, I'm sure your dad remembers it. And your mom remembers it, it was on first Avenue in mm-hmm. Manhattan. And remember Adam Sandler, he must've been like 18, 19. And I, couple years old, a few years older. And, um, and he gets on stage and he's really funny, but he's in sweatpants, like a dirty t-shirt unshaven. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the guy who books stand up, uh, uh, the catcher and star who now is books, Caroline's, um, he's like, he's going to be a star Lewis. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, ew, he doesn't like how, like, and Mm -hmm. I always got dressed up like last night I went out to do a couple sets at the cellar and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear jeans and my P town sweatshirt. And then I was like, no, yeah. not. <laughs> you know, like who do I think I am? You know, it's my job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that and, you your know, mother, you know, exactly. And any marginalized group, it's like, you know, white men could get away with that. And Oh, the other like we have to, you know, be you have to work for it, especially being you right. know, a woman and like, twice as hard. Yeah, twice as hard. I mean, like, you know, my friend when Trump won, it's so funny because my one of my best friends, Brookie, <laughs> she's Jewish and I'm and I'm, you know, Latin. Yeah, exactly. Brookie Natal. <laughs> and um, so it's so funny because like she was just there's a character based. Her name is based on the show. But when he won, I was so depressed. And I was oh, like, playing in bed for like three Same. days. And she was just like, Mayan, are you worried that you're going to get deported? And I'm like, what? No fucking way. And I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? And she was just like, well, you know, and I'm like, Brookie, you've met my parents. You've been to my house. Okay. Like, Brookie is not the smartest Jew in no, the world. No. Okay. And then she was like, well, politics don't really affect me. I'm like, you're Jewish. We'd be on the same. Oh boat my God. How about you I, you should call her right now. I was like, are you kidding me? We'd be on the same one out of here. And then we had, <laughs> and then that day we had a, cause I had a joke that during that time, cause I was just, what do I do? Like I lost my ID. And so I used to go into bars in Chicago and I just bring my passport and I'd be, and that would be my form of ID. I'm like, just to prove I'm legal, you know? <laughs> right. Would, and, um, but then uh, after a second city, she's like, what should I get you for your, for Christmas? And I'm like, do you want me to get you my birth certificate for Christmas? And she's like, oh, I'm never going to let this down. Am I? I'm like, no, nope, now I'm taking it on a podcast. Oh my God. That's <laughs> fucking ho- Brookie. Siri. What is Brookie doing now? Uh, Brookie. She actually um, bo- books like she's an event planner for, uh, it is just okay. very, for a Jewish charity in Chicago. Oh God, Brookie, we need to talk. We need to have a conversation. Um, <laughs> So you're, you're growing up on a, like, I don't think people uh, understand, like With you're going stages, to school. You're, yeah. Yeah. You are growing up on a soundstage. I want to know. So I know that 
they called you like the kid AD and, mm-hmm. and right. And you used to bring um, who who played the mom, uh, the wife, oh, Constance, um, Marie. Constance Marie. Yeah. You'd bring her to makeup and you'd make quesadillas for everyone. So you have this life at Gamble Hall and sort of this great mother who really I mean, you I can't tell you how lucky you are that you had I mean, you know, you're very. No, she was the glue that held whatever my nuclear family was together, truly. Right. And understood the business. Like, that's the thing. You know, you have these other. Right. She's, yeah, she's just the greatest. Um, You know, she had this money. Right. And she got all, she knew all the characters. Mm -hmm. She knew all the bullshit. And she was protecting her daughter, but yet allowed you to spend time on the soundstage. What was it like? Because I remember when I the first time I ever got a part was on Roseanne. And I I was 20. I don't know. I was about your age, maybe a year older. And I had been doing stand up for a really long time. But I it was my, my first time in L.A. And I went out and I got this part. And I remember walking on the sound. And I was addicted to sitcoms when I was growing up. And I remember walking on the soundstage and it was like. For me, watching it on TV, it was, you know, that's where I want to live. I want to go to their house. I want to. And you as a young child understanding, wait, this is not real. This is real. And seeing your parents behaving in both of those situations, I mean, that must have been also just based on our life too because right sometimes the writers would call my mom and ask them arguments that my parents had had recently and so there was one time where my aunt george and angie got into an argument and it's almost verbatim a fight that my parents really had and so my mom was just like this is the weirdest thing ever this is the weirdest thing ever this is our life and this is but this is yeah this is normal this is our normal and i think partly going around and realizing you know, this is, I think it was also to explain daddy's job of why he wasn't there. Cause my dad also, when he was working, he would wake up at 7 a.m. and go to bed at 7 p.m. Like, and I would, right. Or he played golf. Like, I would hardly, hardly see him when he was working. And so I think that was also a way for me to learn. And, and I, I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with it. I would go around and this is like, I would go and have, I had my own little ID and I would, to go on the golf cart and go around Warner brothers and being able to see the magic and in the live audience. Like I just fell in love with it. I used to sit and I used to have little parts too. And yeah, I was right. KD. I used to earn like $20 yeah. a show and I used to save up money Aww. to buy American girl dolls. You know, that was like my right. little thing, but I fell in any, but even working like that at a young age, I fell in love with the process of it. And it was you know, I got so to see it what being a performer entailed from the beginning, the good, the bad. But the so ugly. the magic didn't ever, you know, you didn't become sort it of became more magical. Like, it right. became more magical. That's what I find. I got to see how it worked. And then you get to see it watching. And that was just like, oh, cool. That's what they, ca-, you know, already seeing those types of things. You're seeing how and, they edit and how the story and, develops. And but then, you know, when was there up any- in LA and people are, I'm like, I get a little jaded and I'm just like, no, that's not actually how it works. You know, I was like, right, right, like, right, right, I right, right. a dream killer for, yeah. for people sometimes. I just be like, okay, I have to like, you know, I can't peek behind the curtain. Don't let people peek behind the curtain. That's all right. Was there ever a storyline uh, when you were a kid that you were like, I don't want that on the show? Uh, like, were there ever times when you were together as a family and mm-hmm. it was like, N- I don't want that broadcast on the show. I-, I had that with my kids. Like, you're not allowed to talk about me in your act. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, I think that was more. I don't think that was necessarily for the sh- for the show. Um, I think during my parents marriage and the stand up, that was a problem. And I think yeah. after the divorce, that was more of the problem of my my mom would have to like call lawyers and be like, no, like right. stop. We'll be getting to the divorce in part mm-hmm. two. We'll be getting to the divorce in part two. Oh, and it's juicy. Yeah. So there was never a discussion like, you know, you're at the dinner table, if that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, uh, you know, saying this happened to me at school. Please don't put it on the 
Did 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 the kids at school like what was it like? I mean, look, you're going to school in L.A. And a, a lot of the kids' parents are in show business. Yes, which a I lot of can't. Them. Right. So it, you're not like here where it's like, oh, my God. Well, no, it's not really in New York. It's yeah. the sometimes but, I was small potatoes because I was like TV while other kids were. But also oh. the show became very popular. I saw it in elementary school. Like I was so young and people, I had a lot of trust issues from my parents, but also just people in fame in general, like people would come up to me and ask for autographs or t-shirts. And, you know, I'm a little kid, like wanting to be like, make friends. Loved. And I'd be like, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I do that. And I didn't realize that people were taking advantage of me and my, my kindness or, you know, my, right. my family were always like wanting to bring people up as well. And so I think during, and then the divorce was, now I'll get to that yeah. part too. That was awful at school. Was, awful. And even just things who, like with, you know, my dad getting re- publicly getting dropped. Like it was just yeah. Hor- I horrible, mean, horrible. I can't even imagine, you know, and not having a sibling. I mean, I I wonder what that was like. You know, you are this product and the only product of this sort of contentious marriage and my parents don't like to hear it, but sometimes I like to think I sometimes think there's a reason because it was a lot, you know, my mom could stay pregnant. She would just have miscarriages and, you know, I was kind of a miracle baby. You know, I I do wish sometimes I had someone to share it with because it became, it became a lot. But you, they look at you, you're just fucking greatest. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer, and I had a delicious lemon ginger Liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come, it can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them. And they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. So you you go to school. You're part of the show. You're in mm-hmm. this sort of. I just I can't eat. I mean, I hated high school so much, and I did too. I can't imagine. And and high school is like I people are like, what's showbiz like? I'm like, it's like high school. You're either fucking cool or you're not cool or you're this or you're you know whatever. You're burnout. You're um, weird. You're this. All right. Um, and then to be in high school, in high school, in, in, in a world that is based around high school, I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. So 
you start going to therapy. Were you you 11 when you started going to therapy? Yeah, about 11. I've been, I've been in therapy, different types of therapy since I was about two years old. I mean, like speech therapy oh and my God. things like, cause I was, I was a speech therapy kid and I was also a vision therapy uh, kid. And like, I've really therapy throughout the math. Dude, I was like, so that, but sun. that's good. But you can trust, you trust them now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. wait, so you had speech therapy. I had speech um, therapy, um, cause I had trouble with like my THs, my R's, right. just verbal processing. Like I didn't speak till I was about two years old. So we, we just did an episode of Lopez versus Lopez about me not speaking Spanish, but I didn't learn. And I've never learned. I still don't know how to speak Spanish because I, my, right. I couldn't learn English. And so they didn't, they didn't want me to get confused. Right. And, um, behavioral therapy. Well, I've been in cognitive behavioral therapy. I've been, I love like, cognitive behavior. Oh therapy. my God. Like, that have, that's like my, my realm. Cognitive behavioral that's therapy. me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I we talk about. I usually ask the you know people what they do. My guests what they do for their mental health at the end of the podcast, but um, we don't have oh, to. I've but done a lot. I, I've done a lot. I know, but I have to say, CBT therapy is like I've been in therapy therapy since I'm 18. Um, but I mean, 11. Uh, uh, just CBT therapy. It's like it gives you this toolbox, right? Like that you are like it helps you recognize. Okay, I know what's going on in my brain. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm painfully and, self-aware. I'm painfully yeah. self-aware where I will sometimes just go to myself and people will be like, I'm like, no, I'm talking with myself. Like I'm having like right, internal. Right, right. I'm having, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what's like, really annoying, Mayan? Mm-hmm. My younger son, Ben, uh, is studying <laughs> psychology and fucking oh, thinks he knows everything now. Oh, and my, God. my girlfriend, my partner is a therapist and I just want to oh, fucking, no. I want to oh, fucking, no. it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. Okay. I'd be like, leave out so, there, not in here. Get the, like, right. Yeah. Leave no. me. I already hate myself. Okay. I, I don't know. need you validating it. Like I okay. can feel it in your breath. Like <laughs> I can feel yeah. it on me. No. Um, you know, we're going to talk about your TikTok because that's really how the show came to be. But mm-hmm. so I've seen so many photos of you with famous people as a little girl, Dakota Fanning, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, Dick Van Dyke, um, Obama. Like, did you know, did you know, Oh my God, these people are like, I am different. I am seeing this because of who my parents are. Absolutely. I think, you know, before my mom would always go forward and explain. And I think there was actually one time that I, we didn't go to a movie premiere for about two years because there was one time that I said, Oh, when is the limo coming? And my parents were like, Oh boy. And I was like me and my big mouth, but I was, you know, I right. that was a lesson where it's like, no, this is a privilege, right. right? It's a perk. And that's where I got to see the good parts of having your parent as a celebrity and the bad parts. And this, these were these experiences that I've had and the stories that I have are some of like the greatest that I have. I even have some on my phone. Like I met Phyllis Diller when I was a little girl and. Oh God, yeah, I, I loved have, her. I, I met her. Picture. Yeah. I have this picture. Oh my God. Look how cute you are. She was the best. Do you remember meeting her? I do. And I remember just like kind of being, we went to her house for her birthday. My mom, my dad. Did you know? And I, I, I didn't really know her, but I just, I could feel her who she was. And I was like, Oh, you know, you just felt that aura around her. And I was just talking to her and she was like, you're funny. She was like, I can see you. And I'm, and now it's like one of the, and greatest. you remember that I remember yeah. it so clearly like her being like, you are a funny little thing. Like, I think you could be, you know, like your daddy, like you, you know, you got wow. it. You know? And she I love like that older. you remember that. Oh, and remember, you know, she, yeah. concert pianist and painter. Like she was so fucking talented. And how um, about also Anne Lopez being uh, yeah. the great conductor of excellence yes. that she is. I went to the Mary Poppins like 50 year premiere and my mom went to Western costumes and ordered me and rented me a Mary Poppins outfit. So I was a little brown Mary Poppins. Oh my God. I love that. So, and I went and I saw 
and I met Dick Van Dyke and look <gasps> at his face. Like, oh, he's just loving you. Aiming at me. Look and how then cute I you met, are. And then I met Julie Andrews and she just was I fucking like, hate you. Like, looking oh my at, God. They, oh, look at their faces. Their faces are full, full of joy because you're so adorable. Uh, it was just, it was just what the was best. It, and, what was it like having Justin Bieber sing to you? And ha- how old were you? It, I was thir- 13, 14 years old. I, I, I can't and, even. Okay, I'm going to say this, and people can fact check this, and I will fully accept if I am wrong, but I think that was his first late-night show appearance ever as a performer. And I'm the one that showed my dad Justin Bieber on YouTube. And was like, this kid is going to be really popular. You should get him on your show. And I think he was the first one. So if that there was, or even in just the beginning, right. I as a fan helped some way like <laughs> getting him on right. his way. And that was like one of, because he didn't know. And I was sitting in like further in the row. And the second my mom saw him coming up, she shoved me to the, no side, to the edge. She and you can see it when you walk and watch the clip. Oh, that's I'm, so I'm funny! Like, I am running, and so he comes up and then he just puts his arm around me and he just looks at me and I just freeze. Oh, I, I, I think I would have. Uh, well, I, I, yeah. I died. I died, and and then I went backstage and he looks at me and he just goes, "You," and I'm like, "Yeah, me." And he was like, "Wait, how did you?" I was like, "I'm George's daughter." He was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea." And, you know, there were other events that I'd seen. This was his talk at, show, right? Your my, dad's yeah, talk Lopez show. Tonight, Lopez Tonight. And, and do you, you sh- too bad you didn't say, yeah, I'm the reason you're here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And my mom has another story, too, that very quickly, like, my mom um, had, Justin Bieber was, that was when he was kind of wild. And, yeah. And so he had all the, my, there was a putting green in the back, like part of the green room, there's like a putting green. And so he had, they held all these like picks or whatever that you put the golf thing on. Very clever. My dad's a golfer, whatever. Yeah. And uh, clearly I care. And I put it um, out and he was throwing them around everywhere. And my mom goes, pick it up. To Justin Bieber? And he goes, she goes, what? She goes, pick it up. Pick all of this up. And he, and then he was he scared? I love it. Go in. Go in. Woo. She was like, pick it up now. This is disrespectful. Da, 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 da. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I love like, your mother. She's um, great. She's like, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. That's the greatest. Okay. So do you ask to go to therapy at 11 or do they, this is your first time with like talk therapy about mm-hmm. your feelings and stuff. Did you yeah. ask? I think my God, I don't even know if I can remember because it's been so long. I think I think my I was just very confused and there was a lot of things happening with my family at that time, um, other family members. And I think my mom just wanted to right help me make sure. And also I had trouble like speaking and but I think it was just having another person to talk to. To talk to think, that wasn't, yeah. Mm-hmm, that wasn't so- my mom and I had a very re- difficult relationship with therapy sometimes because there was times where I would have therapy and then my mom would go into the fit with the therapist afterwards and then try to see what I said. And so oh, I would, no. and so I would, she was like, well, for safety. And I'm like, no, I need to have a safe. So I would go to therapy, but I wouldn't be completely honest in therapy. And so that was kind of where it started to build up because, you know, I would even read, I would try to journal and she would read my journals. And so oh, I was God. just, yeah. You know, she's changed a lot, but there were, yeah, you the, do need those past. boundaries. Yeah. I didn't have, I, she, I was an extension of her and it was, you know, sometimes I feel like my mom was too good of a mom. Right. Sometimes like she, you know, she actually had to tell my dad to hug me at times. Oh. And, you know, that was another thing where, you know, my, I would have to tell my dad and then he would push me away. Right. And then he'd be like, Hey, love bug, like get off me. And then, but you know, he didn't know how to. Right. He, they're so it. from, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part one of kill me now with Mayan Lopez. Kill me now is produced by Laura Vogel. It's edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast 
And my life would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. Richmond, that's right. If you like the show, please, if you haven't subscribed and sent a review, like seriously, what is wrong with you? That is what I need. I need people to do that because I need to keep doing the podcast, which I can't do if people don't tell other people about it. You know what I'm saying? Because the advertisers, it's all about, it's all about downloads. It's all about listeners. So yeah, I just want you to, um, to love me and support me. Now, what I have to do is I'm now looking up on my phone, uh, some of the people who listen to the end. If you listen to the end, I'm telling you right now, I fuck, oh, I, I do have a, a listener to the end. So I was doing the show in Scarsdale, New York, and I get off stage. It's the tiniest room in the world. And I get off stage. And as I'm walking off stage, this woman says to me, who's sitting in the audience, I listen to the end. And her, I remember her name. Her name was Claudia or is Claudia. And then she sent me a message on one of these. First of all, I fucking hate Twitter, by the way. It's it's like Elon Musk is the worst, the worst. Okay. anyway, so um, she sent me a message, but I don't know if it was on Twitter or Instagram or. Okay, I don't know what it was on, but it was on something. And yeah. All right. Well, her name's Claudia and I don't know her last name, but thank you, Claudia, for listening to the end. I love everyone who listens to the end. What else do I have to tell you? Really, that's it. I I don't, you know, please come to my shows in Florida. Please come up. If you're in New York City, Stand Up New York, December 25th. I'm doing two shows at four and seven. Get your asses there. There's a Chinese restaurant literally across the street. Like literally across the street, you can get all, and there's a movie theater a few blocks away. You could go see a comedy show, go to a movie and get Chinese food, which is the most Jewish thing you could do on Christmas day. Okay. So there you go. And that's it. I love you all so much uh, for listening. Enjoy the weeks up until the holiday, which are usually shit full of parties and shit and I can't believe how fast this year went by can you believe how fucking fast this year went by okay well I'm gonna go take a nap cause I'm well actually I'm gonna go night night I'm gonna go night night because it's very late and I love you so thank you all again so much for listening and as we always say so long g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g